are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Ross Jackson here at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A on Twitter, editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com and your host covering your New Orleans Saints every single Monday through Friday. Welcome back to our regularly scheduled programming. If you tuned in yesterday, I hope you found the BLM Roundtable valuable. Such an honor to be able to sit down and chat with those guys. Coming up for you on today's episode, we have a full Facebook Friday yet again. Lots of questions to get through, so we'll kick that off in segment number two. But first, let's hear a little bit from the position coaches, Michael Hodges and Dan Campbell, who's actually also uh, the assistant head coach, about the Saints' third-round selection, Zach Vaughn and Adam Troutman. We'll hear about their visions for each player and what stands out about them, which continues an important Saints offseason team theme. Then to your questions from the Locked on Saints Facebook group, we got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints to your team every day. A couple of assistant coaches for the Saints dropped in to speak with New Orleans media this week, and they had some great things to say about a pair of rookies that a lot of excitement is circulating about. That's our New Orleans Saints lead story of the day today with Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints. So we'll start off going sort of in draft order. The Saints were able to select Zach Bond after trading up in the third round after trying to trade up through most of the second day of the NFL draft. They were able to move up to 74, draft Zach Bond out of Wisconsin, who spent most of his time with his hand in the dirt as an edge rusher in Wisconsin, but showed enough during his time in coverage, his limited sample size in coverage while playing with the Badgers, and also the time that he spent at the Senior Bowl, which is really the last time that Michael Hodges, the new linebackers coach for the Saints after Mike Nolan uh, needed to be replaced after he left to take over the defensive coordinator position in Dallas. The last time that Michael Hodges got to see him was at that Senior Bowl game. So Zach Bond has done enough still over this time throughout these virtual off-seasons to continue to impress and continue to show a lot of people within the organization why they should have confidence in him. Here's what Michael Hodges had to say about where Zach Bond will play. Will he be an off-ball linebacker? Will he be more of a pass-rushing outside linebacker? And the answer, in a way, is both. So we're teaching him Sam and Mike right now, and we're going to make him learn those two positions. And then when we get to third down, those, that that pass rush value, man, we're going to try to leverage the hell out of it. And so um, I think that like we do with some of our safeties and like we, like we do with a, a couple of our positions, we're going to do everything we can to put these guys in the best position week to week. And that may be a different spot from game one to game three, right? And so um, he's got his job of learning Sam and Mike. And then our third down package, he's got another role. So there's a lot on his plate as a rookie. But I do know that he has approached it in a way that's given me the confidence he's going to be able to handle it. Hodges also said something very interesting that for most of the players that are coming in on defense this year, they're being told, here are the two positions that we want you to learn. So we heard Aaron Glenn earlier in the week talking about versatility in the secondary. We talked about here on the show versatility within the second level, and now we're seeing it displayed in a guy like Zach Bond. Now, just for clarification, Sam linebacker, Mike linebacker, you're essentially talking about strong side guy who lines up on the heaviest side or the 
the the side of the offensive formation that has the most people, for lack of better phrases. There's some differences within that, but that's sort of your basic definition of it. And then the Mike linebacker being your middle linebacker, M for middle, M for Mike. And that person essentially being the signal caller, the guy that's in the that's the communicator for the defense. He's your, you know, Jonathan Vilma, who used to set people up and, you know, set up Tracy Porter before the, the Super Bowl interception, things like that. He's the green dot guy that can communicate with everybody on the field. So they're they've got a lot of responsibility when it comes to uh, what they want to do with Zach Bond and putting him in that communicator role, but also putting him on the strong side where he's a little bit more run focused, the AJ Klein role from last year. And then being able to use him as a pass rusher on the third down packages speaks a little bit to what we've talked about before as well. His involvement in NASCAR packages, which are smaller, more speed pass rush packages where you're going to have three defensive ends on the field. That used to be a look that would include Trey Hendrickson, Marcus Davenport, and of course, Cam Jordan. Now it sounds like you may see Zach Bond get into the mix there, potentially in place of Trey Hendrickson. And I think that that, especially on third downs, where you're looking potentially at more teams wanting to pass in that in that position, that being a big time boost for the Saints pass rush uh, at a pivotal time in those games, because your effectiveness on third down can sometimes completely influence the way that you control a game or lose control of a game in terms of the play clock. So that's what we heard a little bit about when it came to Michael Hodges speaking on Zach Bond's involvement. Let's now hear from Dan Campbell, tight end coach, as well as assistant head coach, as he talks about the Saints' other third round pick at 105, where they traded their entire day three to select him, Adam Troutman, the tight end out of Dayton. A guy that you feel like can handle multiple positions and be able to uh, produce at all of them. I think those guys are hard to find. And honestly, probably the best thing that's happened to our league from a tight end perspective is um, has been the, the Kittle explosion, you know, um, because uh, Kittle is, is – he's a complete tight end. And, and when you watch him, I mean, he and guys like Gronk, you know, those are those are rare guys. But that's brought this whole – when you talk to all these guys in the combine coming out now, you know, it's the new wave. Like, who, who do you see yourself as? Oh, man, it's George Kittle. It's George Kittle. You know, and and I think that's a good thing because you ask him why, and it's because he can do it all. He's able to do it all. And so, listen, those guys help you. They make you a better team. And this is very much in line with everything that we've heard about when it comes to Adam Troutman so far this offseason in that he is that true why that can be a blocker but can also be a pass catcher. As much of a pass catcher as Jared Cook, as much of a blocker and protector as Josh Hill, a great blend between those two. Dan Campbell also went on to say that he's going to be very valuable in the Saints being able to utilize 12 personnel, which I think is great for the Saints. And I'm right, going to write more about that over at Canal Street Chronicles. But it's important to keep your offense diversified. We talked about that all throughout the season when we do our position grouping reviews. But the common thread between all of these players seems to be the same thing we talked about over on the defensive side, which is versatility, flexibility, and being multiple in their positions. Zach Bond, Adam Troutman, they fit right into the mold. So a lot of excitement that continues to roll around about these two guys. And I got to be honest, I can't blame anybody. I can't blame everybody. I'm very excited about them as well. I think Adam Troutman is going to be a really big time contributor. I'm going to write a little bit more about how he can contribute and the importance of that 12 personnel that I mentioned earlier over at CanalStreetChronicles.com. You can catch that early on next week over at the website uh, just for a little bit more in-depth stuff than uh, that I can give here on the podcast because I can do, you know, video and I can do photos and everything like that. But we'll also talk about it here on the podcast as well. And speaking of what we're also going to talk about coming up next, we're going to jump into your questions to the Locked On Saints Facebook group. We got 12 questions to run through. So a very busy Facebook Friday yet again. Y'all keep killing it over at that Locked On Saints Facebook group. We'll get to your questions here next here on Locked On Saints, your team every day. 
Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our good friends over at rockauto.com. Chain stores have different prices and tiers for professional mechanics as well as do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible and does not require any membership or account login. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com and shop for auto body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers and you can customize quickly and navigate everything quickly for your vehicle by choosing the brand specification and prices that you prefer. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your vehicle and make sure to write in locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts that you'll ever need for your vehicle at rockauto.com. All right, Houdet Nation, time to jump into our Facebook Friday, one of my favorite times of the week. We get to run through all of your questions over at the Locked on Saints Facebook group. If you want to be a part of that, just head over to facebook.com slash group slash Locked on Saints. You can participate every week. And of course, you can participate in the group anytime that you want. Always a lot of fun conversation, big conversation going on right now about whether or not Marshawn Lattimore is indeed locked down. Spoiler alert. Yep. He sure is. All right, so let's jump to our first question here. AJ Audet, who asked your top five Saints players of all time. AJ, I'm glad you asked because I wrote them down uh, right here. And I'm going to get some argument about these. And I'm okay with that because you know what AJ asked me? He asked me for my top five players, Saints players of all time. Not everybody's. He asked me for mine. So I'm going to tell you who mine are. So uh, number one, Drew Brees, duh. I mean, look. Drew Brees recently in the news, not for the right reasons, not great for for, for Drew recently, but that's okay. Best player right now in Saints history. That's an easy one for me. Uh, And he's making all the other stuff right or is in process of making all the other stuff right. We bought that action, Drew. We bought that action. Uh, Number two, Ricky Jackson. Easy. Not Ricky Williams. Get out of here. Ricky Jackson. Easy. Um, All-time sack leader. Best defensive player the Saints have ever had on this team. Um, so Ricky Jackson, that one's an easy one for me. Uh, number three, Willie Rofe. Yeah, I said it. Willie Rofe, the left tackle, the guy that made two separate all decade teams, the guy that made the Pro Bowl 11 times, the Hall of Famer, the four time all pro, the best left tackle in franchise history for two different franchises, New Orleans Saints as well as the Kansas City Chiefs. Willie Rofe definitely makes this list. He's, he's top three for me. Uh, number four, I'm going to go Marcus Colson. All-time leader in whatever the hell you want to talk about. It's Marcus Colson. All-time leader in touchdowns. All-time leader in receiving yards, receptions. Don't matter. Don't matter. Those records are about to be potentially demolished uh, by the combination of uh, Marcus. I'm sorry, uh, Michael Thomas and potentially even Alvin Kamara if he sticks around. But right now, Marcus Colson is a top five player in all-time history when it comes to the Saints. And number five, and here's where I might get a lot of pushback, and, and I'm okay with this though, uh, Morton Anderson. Yes, the kicker. Top five player all time. A kicker? Yes. Saints leading scorer all time, right? Uh, also made two separate all-decade teams. Yeah, he went to the Falcons and sucked for the Falcons, and that's okay. That's what you get for going to the Falcons, Tyler Davidson. Um, but then you also look a little bit at what Morton Anderson did. Over the course of 196 games, there was a span of 196 games in which he scored 1,318 points, which is an average of a touchdown every game. The guy gave you a touchdown every game. Field goal percentage of over 75%. Uh, Yeah, Morton Anderson, top five for me. A couple of other guys that could have made it in there, Pat Swilling, Sam Mills, of course. I I know some people, 
Dylan, uh, that would argue um, Cam Jordan deserves to be in the top five. I wouldn't argue against that at all, but that's my top five. Uh, Drew Brees, Ricky Jackson, uh, Willie Rofe, Marcus Colson, Morton Anderson. There's my top five for you. Of course, my top five, right? Feel free to share your top five as well if you want to drop it in the Locked on Saints Facebook group. If you want to tweet it at me at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A, please. Would love to hear about your top five uh, for the New Orleans Saints as well. Great question, AJ. Thank you for kicking us off with the Flames. Let's go next to Brendan uh, Lorkey, who asked, um, hey, if you got if you were offered life changing money to cover any other NFL team not named the Saints, what team would it be? Let me clarify by saying I'm not going anywhere. Then now let me move on by saying I have specifics, right? I want it to be a team whose fan base is local and passionate. I want it to be a team that maybe doesn't get a lot of national media attention so that the local media becomes sort of the driving force of the narrative. Basically, what we have here in New Orleans, right, to where the local media is a little bit more trusted than what the national media perspective is because national media is too busy. And so I would want to go to another sort of fan base as well as another community that would be a part of that. So for me, the Buffalo Bills would be a team that are driven by their local media who have a very passionate fan base and have a team that... A lot of national people just are wrong about. And that's what we're used to here in New Orleans. That's what I wouldn't mind covering uh, in Buffalo as well. It'd also be helpful to do an AFC team as opposed to an NFC team. I don't know. I wouldn't want to be narrating, you know, creating a narrative against the Saints at any point within within that other uh, job. That's why I don't pick another team within the division, which was an immediate idea of like, oh, just pick another team in the division. That way I get to talk about the Saints all the time. But I wouldn't want to do that. So I would go to the AFC. I'd go over to Buffalo and work with the uh, Buffalo Bills for life-changing money. But again, let me reiterate. I ain't going anywhere. Daniel Adams comes through with the next question. Do you think that we're set at linebacker or do you anticipate another move being made? So I can see another move being made at linebacker, but it's a little bit further down the list at this point because there's more pressing needs at edge rusher, potentially, depending on what goes on with Zach Vaughn, of course. And then also, uh, but more than certainly, uh, more need at the cornerback position, particularly boundary corner and depth. Uh, when we talk about corner, we talk about linebacker. We're not talking about starters anymore. We're only talking about depth. So I think that we would have to see a move at cornerback, potentially move at edge rush, or potentially move at wide receiver before we saw another move at linebacker. So we'll see exactly how it works out. They have their starters. It just depends on the depth after that in terms of who comes back healthy when it comes to Kiko Alonso, Chase Hansen, uh, Caden Ellis, how it is that that all shapes up. Uh, Brandon Simmons, our fourth question here. When will next salary? When will next year's salary cap be determined? Probably not until the end of of this season. Uh, the the big thing will be the contingency plans that come in before that, and I would hope that any contingency plans were made. Something that says, you know, if the NFL doesn't net this much growth in 2021 because of the COVID pandemic, here's what we're going to do to offset our losses within the team salary cap, as opposed to, you know, allowing the teams to lose money, some type of contingency plan like that, which I don't even know is going to be a thing. I'm just saying some type of contingency plan like that would be important uh, up, up front, but more than likely, we're not going to know anything about the salary cap until we usually do, which is toward the end of the season. I'm going to jump down to uh, Alvaro Lopez here because both Brandon and Alvaro asked two questions. So I'm going to save their second questions each over for the following segment here. So our second to last question for this segment will come from Alvaro, who asked, is it possible that Deontay Harris takes over the the wide receiver three spot? Yes. Yes, it is. Absolutely 100%. And that's no shade at Traquan Smith. It's just that if Deontay Harris simply can prove to be consistent as a wide receiver in the slot or as the third option, right? Because Michael Thomas is going to spend some time in the slot. Emmanuel Sanders is going to spend some time in the slot. So if, if Deontay Harris can show that he can be a consistent contributor, then yeah, he can jump into the Saints offense as that third option. I think you're going to start off with Traquan Smith being there, but Deontay Harris could be a guy to really prove, hey, 
I can be this guy and I can fill this role. So definitely somebody to keep an eye out on uh, for sure. And now we'll do our final question for this segment comes from Scott Wishard, who's basically asking about, look, it doesn't look like the Saints may get clowny at this point. Not really sure if that's going to work out and they're looking for Davenport to stay healthy. So who might they look for when it comes to other veteran backups? A couple of names here, Vinny Curry, uh, Clay Matthews, Ziggy Anza. And then Scott asks, who is the best fit? Uh, or is there somebody else that interests me? So for me, the guy that's most interesting is Clay Matthews. I've heard very loosely Vinnie Curry's name float around, not from anything anything big, though. So don't take that as anything. Uh, but I have heard the name, but I don't really see him being a fit is the only reason why I bring that up. Uh, but when it comes to the guy that might be the best fit for me, to me, it's kind of Clay Matthews. And and really the reason why I look at Clay Matthews is because, yes, he's somebody that can you know, that you can use as a, as an edge rusher and sub packages and things like that as a depth guy, a rotational guy. He's also a veteran. Saints have been very, very adept at bringing in veteran presences during training camp in particular. We saw that with the, the infamous Champ Bailey signing. We've seen it with the James Laurinaita signing. You know, we've seen the Saints do this before. I could see them going that route again with a guy like Clay Matthews. And the other reason why I like Clay Matthews is because he's like the perfect mentor for Zach Bond in a way as somebody that can defend against the pass as somebody that can play on ball as somebody that can be a pass rusher i really would like to see clay matthews get an opportunity to work with zach bond so he's really the one that sticks out to me ziggy anza the saints had interest in last year but couldn't come to a deal uh, I don't know if they go back to revisit that. They could potentially. But uh, it will be interesting to see if the Saints do continue to work on that uh, on that edge rusher role or if they feel pretty good with what they've got uh, in terms of where they are right now in training camp. But, of course, expect them throughout camp to continue to tinker and um, and really mix up that 90-man roster and get a look at as many guys as they can uh, during this offseason. All right, so coming up next, we're going to dive into a few more of your questions. we got six more to wrap it up. My favorite one that's coming up, though, we're going to do another list that's going to come up. And we're going to talk a little bit about Marcus Davenport. What is he going to look like in terms of if he stays healthy? How well will he produce? We'll talk about that next year on Locked on Saints, your team every day. All right, Houdet Nation, wrapping up today's episode by finishing up our Facebook Friday. Got a few more questions to get through here from over at the Locked on Saints Facebook group. Once again, you can join facebook.com slash groups slash Locked on Saints. Request to join. We'll get you in. Great conversation. And you get to participate weekly uh, in the show. So let's start off. We start off with a list in the last segment. Let's start off with a list in this one as well. We've got Enloy Enriquez who asks, uh, what three current rosters or sorry, three current players uh, would you be okay with being in quarantine in? And why? So here's my three. Uh, Caden Ellis, that's obvious, right? He's a friend. So obviously I want a friend there. Uh, Alvin Kamara, who I think would just be a lot of fun to have around. He can keep me active too in terms of the workouts, which more on that next week. And then uh, he's also, you know, playing, you know, he's got the video game thing too. So that'd be a lot of fun. And then Cam Jordan, because he's just an incredible person, uh, super fun to talk to. And he's somebody that uh, cooks like myself. So I'd be very excited to have them. So again, Caden Ellis, uh, Alvin Kamara, Cam Jordan, and myself. Hard to argue with that in my opinion. Very hard to argue with that. But go ahead and let me know too, who are your three that you would want to be quarantined with on the current and active roster? Because I think that's another very fun question. Thank you, Aloy, for that one. All right, so let's jump now back to, let's go back to Alvaro Lopez. Um, Just for fun, let's say that Marcus Davenport doesn't get injured and plays a full season. What are your stat predictions for him? So I see him as a double-digit sack guy if he doesn't get injured. He could have been that guy last year. He really, really could have been. The way that 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 defensive line was producing in terms of sacks, pressures, hits, all of that was just incredible up until he and Sheldon Rankins were injured. I'm, Nick Underhill did a fantastic article on it that covered sort of the drop off of the pass rush from New Orleans post week 14 or week 14 on, and it was 
humongous. And so I really, really, really believe that Marcus Davenport, if he can just stay healthy, could be a nine sack guy, a double digit sack guy. I'm willing to say a double digit sack guy. So I'm I'm a big fan of what uh, he does. And a few forced fumbles too, because he's just a big dude and he is a strong, strong man. Uh, so I think that the forced fumbles is definitely a big part of that. And then I'd also go so far as to predict him as a double-double guy in that he would go double-digit in sacks, double digits in tackles for a loss as well. He's been close. He's got 11 total in his career. Uh, but I do think that him as a run defender is a really fantastic part of his game. And so I could see him getting into maybe not the Cam Jordan 17, like 15, 16, 17 type of tackle for a loss numbers, but in that like 10, 11 uh, type of a range, I could see him uh, getting there. All right, let's jump now back to Brandon Simmons. We'll go back for his uh, his second question. Uh, Demario Davis or Cam Jordan, who has a better season? That's tough because, uh, you know, obviously they play different positions. Um but if you want to know which one I think will have the better position in terms of what's going to be seen, like nationally and, and in the broader scope of conversation, then I'll say Cam Jordan, because Cam Jordan's going to put up the sack numbers. Cam Jordan's going to put up the tackle for loss numbers. He's going to put up potentially some of the uh, the forced fumble numbers as well. And so for me, I think that those things will be a little bit more visible for the in terms of the the scope of the NFL. And so I think that in that sense, he has the quote unquote better season uh, than Demario Davis does. But Demario Davis, in terms of being a communicator and all of the sort of an- ancillary, it's not really ancillary, it's just intangible, the intangible things that he does, um, uh, hard to deny, hard to deny any of that. All right, let's jump to uh, Curtis Arville, who asked, uh, seeing that the Saints are now a beacon for social change in the NFL with Drew Brees' social injustice awakening. I love the way that that's phrased. Um, what do we think is the possibility of the Saints bringing Colin Kaepernick as a camp arm and maybe practice squad body? Uh, do you think that there's an opportunity for him to do that and then get into an uh, opportunity to get his foot in the door and get him back into football shape? So he's not eligible for the practice squad, so he's not going to be a practice squad guy. And I don't see him ending up in New Orleans when it comes to uh, camp body stuff because they've already got enough when it comes to their quarterback room. They've got Drew Brees. They've got Taysom Hill. They've got Jameis Winston. Tommy Stevens is present. Um, I, I don't think that they're the team to bring in Colin Kaepernick, but it will be very interesting to continue to watch and see exactly what happens with Kaepernick after the NFL's, I'm going to use your phrase here, social justice awakening, because I'll be interested to see if he does end up back in the league at some point, And if so, where, because there are some places, there are some places that need a quarterback. So it would be interesting to see exactly what goes on there. All right. Uh, Michael Murray, Michael, thank you again for our chat. Uh, we have his question here. It seems uh, a given that the Saints will move McCoy from center this season over to right guard. In his eyes, will McCoy feel slighted in a less important role? His overall value uh, seems to be more at center. Uh, should he ever look to leave? I don't think so, uh, because I don't think of right guard as any less important than center. Center does do a lot more work in terms of identifying everything, but those guards set everything. Like Most of the time when you look at how the tackles are set, they're set off the guards. So there's still a lot of responsibility for how the guards work. And just being in the interior offensive line in total is very important. We saw what happened with the Saints when they have a weak interior offensive line or an interior offensive line that gets taken advantage of. So moving Eric McCoy to right guard, a position with which he is familiar, is fine. I don't think that there's going to be any issue with that. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any issue. he's going to have any problem with that at all. I think he's very much going to be the guy that is, uh, uh, first of all, still very important. And secondly, the guy that is going to be willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that this team is in the best position to win. And now our final question here will come from Jesse Williamson, who observed that in my 90-man roster, I talked about um, Taquan Mazel as somebody that you know, running back, wide receiver, kind of a hybrid of both. But I didn't talk about Ty Montgomery 
in that same vein. So basically the question is, um, is there an opportunity that he'll be battling for a wide receiver spot as well as being looked at for running back? So this is a really interesting question and one that I think bears asking. And I thank you, Jesse, for asking this question because I don't think so. Now, here's the thing. A lot of other people will. But here's the thing. Here, here's my reasoning behind it. Um, Taquan Mazel, I mentioned because he's trying to get a start in the NFL. He has, he's got three years of experience, but hasn't really ever gotten the opportunity to do anything. And so Taquan Mazel is somebody that, because of the fact that he's trying to get his footing in the NFL, is going to try to get looks at both of those positions. Ty Montgomery is a proven pass-catching running back and, and, and matchup disaster for off for defenses because of the position that he plays and the wide receiver abilities that he has. So now is there the possibility that the Saints, as you mentioned, keep Dwayne Washington as a running back and then keep Ty Montgomery as a wide receiver? Sure, but it would just look a little bit different. I think the Saints then in that case would probably be keeping six wide receivers, quote unquote. And so they'd probably just keep four running backs and then five wide receivers instead of a six wide receiver, that fourth running back being Ty Montgomery, who by position is a running back, but essentially serves an additional role. I think that Ty Montgomery specializes as a running back that can line up in the backfield predominantly and be effective as a pass catcher, but then that can also line up in the slot, kind of like the same way that they use Alvin Kamara. They can line him up in the slot. They can line him up out wide. He can do all of those things, but primarily his focus as a running back because of his pass protection ability when it comes to Ty Montgomery, who, by the way, is a fantastic blocker. I think that that type of presence for him as a running back is going to be the most important. So I think that the Saints, if they wanted to go that route, would just keep one less wide receiver and then keep an additional running back as opposed to reclassifying Ty Montgomery as a wide receiver. I hope that that makes sense because the idea would be that if they have a wide receiver that's a returner that they usually keep six wide receivers, instead of doing that, keep five and then keep four running backs so you have both Dwayne Washington and Ty Montgomery who can serve the hybrid role, but I don't think you reclassify him as a wide receiver when he's going to take the majority of his snaps because it, assuming that he gets on the field, uh, he's going to take the majority of his snaps from the backfield because of his specializing in that role and what he can do from that role as a mismatch problem, as a pass protector, and as a running back and pass catcher. I hope that that makes sense. But that's a great question because that's something that I think we should consider. What do the Saints do with Ty Montgomery in order to get him on this roster? There's a lot of different ways. There's a lot of different possibilities. All right, y'all. That's our that's our episodes this week. Thank you again, all of you, for being here. All the fantastic questions over at the Locked on Saints Facebook group. Coming up on Monday, we'll catch up on the news and notes throughout the weekend. Last week, was kind of wild. What is this weekend going to look like? We'll talk about that on Monday. And then throughout the week, we've got Twitter Tuesday, Facebook Friday, talking to a couple of trainers this week as well, Alvin Kamara's as well as Ty Montgomery's, share a little bit of the information that I get from them, which I'm very excited about. And then the usual, right? Just making sure that we're keeping you up to date on everything going on with your team, the New Orleans Saints, every single Monday through Friday. So I look forward to talking with you all next week. Have a fantastic weekend. And thank you as always for coming through. Once again, I'm Ross Jackson. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you live and let me know how your mom and them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show. And if you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe. Drop that five-star rating and review. I thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family. This has been Locked on Saints. And trust you, that nation. I'll holla at you.